morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is the Material Podcast, episode number 196. I'm your host, Florence Ion. I am another one of your hostess, Andy and Hutko. Hostess. Uh, unfortunately, Andy, you are not a delicious snack cake, but perhaps that is a fortunate thing because then I would have eaten you by now and you would be gone and I would not have a co-host. <laughs> well, so. you, 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 you need to keep those calories up because you're in a marathon, uh, you're in a marathon conference. You have you you have to keep the blood sugar up 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 up. Yes. So for those wondering, uh, no, not a tech conference, and no, I did not go to the Apple event this week. That's not even that's never happened, and that never will happen. <laughs> that it won't, it won't. I'm just saying it, okay? Um, and, and so I'm at this conference called the Alt Summit. I think it used to be called the Altitude Summit, but now it's just called the Alt Summit. Um, it's basically it's a women's conference. It's a it's a women's empowerment and business conference. You come here, you learn how to like leverage social media and like do things on the internet to like get people to pay attention and that sort of thing. And also it's just like a lot of, it started as a design conference, which is why I'm in Palm Springs, which is very designy for anybody who doesn't know. It's very like, Ooh, mid-century modern, like <laughs> madman area, uh, madman era kind of thing. Um, but it's a Palm Springs is actually a very, slow place which is why i like it um and it's also pre-coachella so there's no madness right now it's like the perfect time it's the perfect time to come to palm springs is like marchish because it's still kind of cold but it's like warm during the day anyway so i'm here at this conference i'm here to learn things for my i'm here in a press pass so i'm kind of i i Probably I'm going to write about my experience with it, but mostly just here to just here to learn about how social media, how people are using social media, how people are using the Internet, particularly women. You know, this is a demographic that like I don't really get a lot of FaceTime with in my work. And one of the reasons uh, just to put it out there, one of the reasons I I decided to go freelance is because I knew I wanted to shift my audience a little bit. So this is going to be something that is well you, you will get you will see me uh oh you'll see it happen but anyway this is kind of the beginnings i consider this kind of market research but also it's just been a great way to network i met a lot of people in the bay area a lot of people who live near me and just like the idea of having people to get together with at like a coffee shop near me in my small town where we're all like working on our online businesses so to speak is exciting <laughs> so it's very different from a tech conference but i'm very tired i'm very worn out and you might be wondering, those of you listeners, this is a Google podcast. What does that have to do with anything? Well, it's very interesting because I've learned a lot about how people are using Google Analytics. I learned a lot about the different analytics for social media. I'm learning a lot about how, like, I had no idea. I realized I should have probably known this, and we're going to talk about this later in the show, but Pinterest is a search engine. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> it uses the same, apparently uses the same mechanics as Google for like how you get it, it's all these little things that I had no idea about because I was never on that side of the business. I was right. always the writer. I was always the the content maker. I was not really involved in the social media aspect of media, but it is very much 20, it's 2019. This is the way we're doing things. And I know we kind of hate Twitter right now and Facebook, but they still, they, it's still how the pe- world is communicating. So it'd be very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Andy, what have you been up to this week while I've been here in Palm Springs, like enjoying this 
By the way, I have a backdrop of, I don't know what plant this is, but it's, it's pretty in pink and there's a giant palm tree just outside. So <laughs> I'm literally staring at Palm Springs right now. <laughs> Great. So no, 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 the- sorry to rub it in. I just completely rubbed it in and I'm sorry. I just realized that's what I did. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's see that that's okay. Cause uh, I, I've my, my, you said pretty in pink and instantly now I'm just thinking, uh, singing the theme song and I'm, I'm seeing about how, you know, for some reason, instead of thinking about the storyline of Pretty in Pink, I'm actually thinking the storyline of 16 Candles because the ending it's, is so kind of sweet. It's hard and to keep them bitter, straight. And, it is. It yeah. is. So, but so, so I'm, I'm, I'm good. Uh, but so <laughs> there was, good. I had, so uh, uh, my, my adventures with Chrome OS continue. Uh, so uh, there's a, uh. so uh, this is uh, it's this is this shows off some of the limitations of Chrome OS and Chromebooks. I have finally figured out how to do freaking picture in picture with videos because every other exa- everything that would be the logical way to do that and the most like consumer you mean minimizing it and then like and physically minimizing it uh, with the mouse and then placing it to the side. Yeah, exactly. With uh, but so the, 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 there are two components to this. There's the picture itself, which yes. you should be able to shrink down to what you consider to be a manageable size. Yes. And it has to be actually not even in picture. It has to be on top of the picture. So whatever you continue to do with Chrome OS, sh- switching to a new tab, switching to a different app, that shouldn't change the fact that you've got this floating window that has Cabaret on it, and then when you get to the anything that has uh, Joel Gray on it, when you can sort of maximize it and really get into the song and the choreography. Uh, but it's like, oh, great! Here's an app, and it just has the picture-in-picture icon. Boom. And okay, but oh, okay. So now that I switch to a different app, now that goes away. Well, sh- surely Google does the cre- Google has created this Pixel Book, and they created Chrome OS, and they created the Chrome browser. And they or they created this YouTube app. Surely, picture in picture, which is actually labeled here as picture in picture, will work as described. And at first, I'm very very happy. But then again, I go back to my Google Docs document, and boom, it goes away. And it didn't. It I didn't figure out. It wasn't immediate immediately obvious to me that the way to get picture in picture to work after googling the subject because I thought. This there has to be a way to do this. I'm just either too dumb or too inexperienced or not enough of a mutant in how I assess this user interface uh, to get this to work. You have for picture to in picture to work. It is a system wide sort uh, a system wide sort of thing. It is supported by Chrome, so really that means that you can't. You have the Netflix app, <laughs> Android app installed, but you have to open it in Chrome. And then you can get picture in picture working and will work the way it's supposed to work. You have a bug problem. I'm not, I have to, I now have to say that I, I have, I've actually, for the past like two and a half minutes of me seeing that, I've had to like look because it's I, I, the most amazing thing where I see, I see Flo like leaning in with a puzzled expression, like close to the <laughs> microphone, so and then like tap her like fingers places and then outside the frames of the window. And I'm like, <laughs> Uh, so I'm so sorry, Andy, to, to interrupt your stream of consciousness with my bug squashing, uh, Palm Springs is very buggy because things grow out here, but these are very small things and they seem to have embedded themselves into this laptop. They're just coming out of the keyboard. 
as you're like talking <laughs> and they're really small. I, I, I can't tell if they're beetles or ants. They're really small. So I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> I no, killed I'm... one and then they kept, and then two more popped out of the keyboard and it, what happened? What, what, what kind of laptop is that? It's a, uh, it's my husband's hand-me-down Dell XPS 13. No. So it has like the raised keys, like the raised chiclet okay. keys. And so they're coming in from underneath the keys. It's Ooh, so, so <laughs> and I, I've kept it by the window for the last couple of nights. So clearly this window is not very sealed. Oh my gosh. And, and there's enough food trapped in your husband's keyboard to actually attract vermin from the outside. Also, the plentiful cornucopia true, yes. of vegetation and sugars outside is insufficient probably compared true. to all of the food that's, or, or you can now spend the next couple of days wondering, am I helping out the situation in my house by taking all of these insects out of my home and dumping them in Palm Springs? Or am I going to be taking a whole bunch of fresh bugs from Palm Springs and shuttling them to my house? To be fair, I have brought ants to the Twit Studio with me before, so this is a oh, okay, there you go. Uh, apparently, this is a thing with me. You're like Johnny Antleseed. Yeah, apparently. Uh, geez. Increasing okay. the biodiversity. Andy... <laughs> I'm so sorry. Of various tech hubs in the in the in the Bay Area. Uh, I'm so sorry for the interruption. No, no, I got I got basically to the end. But the so the the point is, if you, if you haven't gotten this to work, I, I downloaded the picture in picture extension, which makes it very very easy to explicitly say yes, I want this to be oh, the, the system wide picture in picture thing, which is a thing as of of Google of Chrome OS seven two or whatever the uh, not yeah. not the version that end, the developer version that ends in three, but the current version that ends in two. I'm just I'm just reflecting on the fact that when I was using my iPad for everything that I'm using my Chromebook for, there's just if there's video playing someplace, there's a picture in picture icon and you tap it and it will immediately pop out into a picture in picture thing. And it just simply works. Um, it's there's uh, I'm also getting used to the other the other video related thing that I figured out finally is I, I decided that I wanted a real solution to being able to carry movies for my entertainment on a keychain, mm -hmm. a USB key, and without having to take up space inside there and being able to play it directly from the keychain. And there I just, and the, without uh, getting into another 20 minute story, the solution for that one is I can I don't have to copy it onto the drive. All I have I can just simply drag it, use the files app, drag it from uh, the files window into a brand new uh, Chrome tab or Chrome window, and then it'll play because it's a browser that will play MP4 video. And then because it's inside Chrome, then mm. I can get picture in picture working. It's like I thought it was I thought it was going to be as easy as oh I'll just have VLC play it, but VLC doesn't necessarily see the external device. And it doesn't necessarily have even picture-in-picture -picture working. So I, I I love Chrome OS. I love this Pixel Book. It's is truly one of the, my favorite things that uh, I've used as a uh, as a day-to-day -day, like outside of the office computer. But so much of it is so freaking weird, man. And like not really terribly. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that they, yeah. they decided to. The Apple approach is well. We can't implement this feature perfectly and flawlessly. So rather than give everybody a useful tool that will do 90% of what they expect to do, we won't give them anything. You're welcome. We're, we're discerning that way. And Chrome will say, hold my beer, watch me code this. 
And you're like, well, actually, no, that's useful. I'm glad that I'm not going to use it for X, Y, and Z. But I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. there's. Uh, I, I think that one of the other lessons I'm picking up is that really I'm making. I was making an understandable mistake by thinking that. Oh well, if it runs Android apps too. Well, obviously, I should install the Hulu app and the Netflix app, which I use. And obviously, I should use this. I should install the Google Docs app and the YouTube app. And I think that my advice to uh, to people who are getting into Chromebooks should be use do as do everything inside Chrome, and only download an external app if you absolutely discover something you can't do inside the browser. Because even Google Docs. It seems to I, it feels like it works better in the web version than in the Android version because when you run Google Docs inside the Chrome browser, you are you're running it in a situation where the designers of this app intended absolutely foresaw that you'd be running it on a laptop like device that's running Chrome like the, this Chrome app. When even inside Google, when they built the Android version of Google Docs, they did not necessarily anticipate that you were fundamentally that you were going to be running it on a laptop. And so it runs like a phone app with a window you can make real big. And sometimes sometimes it really does feel that way. Uh, I have been using the Pixel Book this week to take notes here at the conference because I have the Pixel Pen on like perpetual loan from Jason Howell. <laughs> and um, I've just been using it because I because I wanted to. What the heck not? And I haven't really used it in that manner before because I've never really, to be fair, I haven't left the house much <laughs> in a while. So, yeah. And, you know, and anyway, when I'm at a conference for work or something that I'm covering, I tend to type things out. This is not a place where you type things out. Like everybody here has notebooks and is like being super creative about notes. And I also, I kind of want to um, copy some of the the Google devs, the folks uh, throughout social media, like they share sometimes like the notes they get from talks, you know, and it's like really cool and stylized and people are doodling and they have like, you know, and then they share the notes. So I was like, oh, I want to do my own version of that this week. So I did. But the annoying part is that the freaking dock in Chrome OS keeps coming up when I'm like, because, you know, you're, the screen is huge. And when you're laying it uh, horizontally, when you're laying it horizontally or landscape mode, I should say, on your knee, right? Like you would, and you're like drawing and then your the back of your... The heel of your hand, yeah. The heel of your hand, thank you, you know, hits it. And then the dock comes up and it accidentally like puts you into the Chrome browser or into like some other app. And I'm like, how is this, how is this conducive to my note taking? Cause then I missed what the woman just said because I'm, cause I'm too busy switching windows here. So there's some kinks. Yeah. There's a lot of kinks that Chrome OS still needs to work out. And which is exactly why I'm talking to you. And, and now we are podcasting. Now I have a, a repurposed laptop that is my podcasting laptop. Cause it's light enough that I can travel with these two laptops alongside when I need it because I'm going to tell you there's nothing more comfortable to type on than that pixel book <laughs> that is one heck of a comfortable laptop for typing so I'll say I was I was I this is my <laughs> this is my Wednesday in, in the big room yeah, mm-hmm, I, I try mm-hmm. to make sure that I go into the I go into the big room and leave like the office at least one yeah, day a to week start doing that again yeah and so I was yeah. and so I've written like three or four thousand words on uh, on the uh, on the Chromebook pixel today uh, before coming back home, wow. it's like it's a really lovely thing. It's it still it still kills me that 
I, if I if I were to spill this uh, spill this uh, Canada Dry uh, lemon lime sparkling seltzer water on my MacBook right here, my 2015 era MacBook, I would the end up even if I had a ten thousand dollar budget for the best MacBook Apple makes, it would still have that piece of garbage keyboard on it, and I would not be happy about it my husband loves that keyboard which is no, that's, which again that's i know that's i know teach his own teach. it's just it's interesting uh i only bring that up because i and uh dear listeners please feel free to chime in you know through twitter with us on you know at material podcast we do we do read it although i i, I definitely need to redo the twitter page um to chime in i i feel like there's a bit of a difference between what developers like to type with and what writers like to type with and this is completely off my own anecdotal evidence and just like talking to my friends who are both, who are either writers or coders. And anyway, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's neither here nor there, but it, I yeah, continue exactly. to be, there's some, we, we haven't talked about it as a news item, but there have been some signs that, uh, that Google is shifting a lot of engineers off like hardware teams, particularly that like the was Pixel the Book. big news last week right yeah um, and which yeah. has and which has gotten some not so weird speculation that maybe this means that they're they they feel as though it, the pixel book for instance has achieved what it is meant to achieve by inspiring hp and lenovo and the rest to make really good like intel powered chromebooks as well mm-hmm. as cheap things for schools I hope not because I'm like I'm. No. Uh, I I love with the I love this Pixel Book and I would, yeah. It's it's really quite nice. <sighs> okay, so we should probably do a little news items before we officially get into like the first act of our of our podcast this week. So while I've been gone, there's been a lot of stuff going on, Andy. Yeah. So uh, the, the... Andy, I'm gonna let you take it from here because you know I've been. Yeah, so we'll we'll conferencing. We'll we'll keep this in the spirit in the this topic is news. of Google. This is a news brief. Yes, because I'm going. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to say the words Mueller report, and I'm not going to talk about what the content means. I'm not no, going to talk not. about Go the ahead summary. And Google that, what I'm saying, you can. What I I, I was uh, I was uh, reading about it when the report hit. And uh, I was very it, – it really did – this is the first time that I was super aware of how much Google News has improved over the past year or two, particularly in light of how many complaints there were about – or either complaints or just distrust about how Google is shaping people's mm-hmm. perception of news by using algorithms and instead of human beings and uh, and search and, and searching on topics gets people to just see whoever's uh, whatever news item has the best uh, the, the the best uh, gaming of the search algorithm uh, because particularly something as complicated as a Mueller report this is if you haven't gone to news.google.com or used or used the app I was really impressed that it's starts with the deck number one is full coverage which starts with the top freshest stories and only from trustworthy news sites so nothing that nothing that has like animated uh animated gifs of of either people shooting people or people like protecting mother earth it's just basically here is like what what are accepted as good sources of unbiased news uh, and then the next then uh, a, a deck of videos and then a, a deck of uh, uh that has just an, an actual really nice organized timeline of the story meaning if you haven't really been following this here is like a story from 
uh, from a year ago where the, this panel was first was formed. Here are other details that happened that linked stories so you can basically rewind and fast forward through uh, the history of what this is this is why the release of the report is just simply the culmination of a couple of years worth of news stories then they have uh, editorials but they're specifically labeled as analysis so don't think that if someone says if this headline says uh this is the final nail in the coffin for name of politician their career is absolutely functionally over at this point this is not like a quote from a attorney general or something. This is an editorial written by, again, not a crackpot, or at least a, a crackpot writing for a non-crackpot related journal. Uh, <laughs> yes, because those exist. Right. Let's, let us not forget. Right. And th- then another dick that's from, t- here's like uh, stuff from, from Twitter. And only then, only after you get through one, two, three, four, five decks of very highly organized and very well cur- curated content, do you get to the basic mud hole known as Google search results, uh, news related to this item. Uh, and it's such a this is such an example of the things that I like about Google, where it's it's uh, part of it is I think the is the public and legisl- potential legislators holding their feet to the fire to base to make what was already a priority a super priority for the company, which is to make sure that new their, their when people use Google to find news. It is a trustworthy source of news as opposed to you can't have faith that uh, they're promoting – they're not promoting one point of view or they're promoting a a corporate mentality there. Um, And also it's pretty – uh, it was also very useful to me because I've got news on my mind because the other on the on the Apple side of the fence, of course, Apple had their big like two hour infomercial about all their new services, including here's the new uh, News Plus app, which is so was so disappointing because it was just OK. So you took the app and the service that you bought uh, a couple of years ago. You restickered it as Apple News. You struck a new deal with Wall Street Journal and a new deal with the LA Times, and you're just presenting it as a one-platform news thing, which McDonald's could have done this. If McDonald's decided to diversify and start a news app, they could have done pretty much the same thing by – they write a, write a check – uh, for uh, f- uh, f- for a, a, a existing uh, magazine, digital magazine, and newspaper subscription service, use your buying power to to negotiate a really good uh, new content, and then you've got McDonald's News Plus, and you've got it. Whereas uh, I think Google is here is doing something that is actually really beneficial for everybody, or at least everybody who wants to use Google News. You know, I was just I. I do remember some of this demo that was showed off at Google I.O. So it definitely like sounds like this is this is kind of in the vein of that. Um, I don't use Google News. Is that bad? Or maybe I do use it and I just don't realize that I do because I just use it in the shelf of my phone. <laughs> that is that is Google News, right? I mean, that's technically. What do you use it in the sh- I'm sorry, in the shop with your phone? It's shelf. In the shelf, you know, when you go over to the left. Oh, right, right. What I keep wanting to call Google now because it was a wonderful thing to describe it. And now I know, I know it's called something else that I can't remember what it is. But yes, no, exactly. 
uh, you are you are seeing a flavor of Google News that way. But if you use like the 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 news app, or if you go to news.google.com, that it's it's good enough that it's done something that uh, even though I have the Apple News app on this exact same computer, it doesn't occur to me to fire up Apple's News app. I always go to whenever it's I need an overview of what's going on. I have a I have a I have a I have a subscription to the New York Times uh, digital edition. So really, when it comes to the part of the day where now I need to kind of figure out what's going on in the big room, uh, it's always the New York Times and then news.google.com. Uh, and the fact that when something is good enough that it gets you into a daily habit, that to to me that shows that they're doing something right, something that is uniquely. Uh, good that I can't get anywhere else. It's just never occurred to me to f- get into the habit of using the Apple News app ever. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so Google is wonderful and Google is perfect. They've never done anything stupid. Uh, that was wow, Andy. What a segue. So very quickly, <laughs> we d- we do have to jump into the first app and our first ad of this episode. But very quickly, so right before we sat down to record, there was. Um, news about Sundar Pichai meeting with the president, U.S. president, uh, about Google's quote-unquote commitment to working with the U.S. government. There's a lot here that is happening. There are a couple of other things that happened this week as well in Google. I just want to point out your attention to them because these are things that are currently evolving as news. We are not going to explicitly cover them at this moment in time because we have not prepared to do it and we we do not want to do a disservice by talking about something we have not prepared for. Maybe I'm speaking more to me and maybe I'm projecting a little bit, but, <laughs> but we do want to drop that for you. If you want to go and Google what Google is doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> after you're done listening to us. Yeah. There's this, there, there are, there are a lot of, there's, there are so many really good little stories this week. One big one, but so many little stories that were sort of competing for for a spot on the rundown. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one of the things that didn't make it is that the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff did cuss out Google by saying, "And I'm, I'm going to use my uh, crew cut eight star general uh, phony voice here." Like, okay. the thing is that you got your your hippie engineers working for you at Google that can insist that you don't that you're not going to do all your uh, AI machine learning killbots for us, but you're willing to make kill. <coughs> I don't know how the chairman of Joint Chiefs Staff does that, but you're not willing to make the kill. But you're but you're willing to make killbots for China. You know what China is? It ain't America. And you know what ain't America is? It's damn ain't American. And I'm wondering how you live with yourselves not being able to browbeat your engineers into submission to do absolutely what the hell we tell you to tell them to do. It is for shame. <sighs> yeah, it's so they're so they're, <laughs> they're so they they basically got a note to got a note to we there's a parent we need to set up a parent teacher conference with you. We there are people who want to yell at you right? now. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, and with that, uh, let's jump into an ad. Yes. This episode is brought to you by Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud. And you can get a server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. Linode has hundreds of thousands of customers, and they're all looked after by their incredible 24-7 support team. If you ever run into any problems, just drop them an email. 
give them a call or just chat over IRC in the Linode community if that's easier. Whatever suits you best. Oh, and they have some super useful guides and support documentation. So if you just need to quickly look something up, you can. Their new management panel is now in beta at cloud.linode.com. This new management console is a single-page application built using the cutting-edge React.js stack and is backed entirely by our public API. And it's open source! Plus, they, factor two, they feature two-factor authentication to keep you and all your data safe and secure. And right now, Linode are hiring! If you want to learn more and check out what they're looking for, just go to linode.com careers. Linode has pricing options to suit everyone. Their plans start at 1 gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. And Linode have a special offer for you. As a listener of this show, you can go to linode.com slash material and use promo code material2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the 1 gigabyte of RAM plan, that's four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Give Linode a try today. That's linode.com slash material and promo code material2019 to learn more, to sign up, and to make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Boy, 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 what a week for things to happen. Uh, so the EU has passed its new copyright directive. And from what I'm understanding from the little like pieces of articles that are coming in through on the Z Google news that we were talking about earlier <laughs> in the shelf, uh, this is going to affect, it's going to affect a lot of websites. It's going to affect a lot of the web in a certain way, or at least particularly in the U. So there are huge fundamental changes coming soon that are going to put new limits and responsibilities on any app or service that can be used to post or share content. So even if it's just links. And so that's why this is like, this is such a big deal because it is going to, it's going to effectively evolve the way anything, actually anything that's happening right now from the EU in terms of a directive is I think going to have a bigger impact on things down the line than we anticipate. Because instead of this just being like one high profile case, like let's use for an example, remember back in the nineties with Microsoft and antitrust, like, Ooh, that was the big case of the nineties. But I kind of feel like the way the EU has been going is to continue hammering in and to continue to like make that case for how the internet needs to evolve. So this is why this is important stuff to kind of keep note of, uh, because it is going, I mean, obviously it's, Google's paying the EU a lot of money for fines, so it's going to be affecting them in a certain way. So proponents uh, of this bill claim, or excuse me, the directive, because I I don't think the EU has bills, uh, they claim that these changes will level the playing field between the big tech companies and the content creators. And in broad strokes, it inverts the Internet's historical philosophy of, quote, assume a piece of content can be shared published freely if it isn't just take it down after the fact unquote. So it's just like, it's basically saying we need to be editorializing what we're doing on the internet. The internet is no longer the wild west that it was in the beginning of its, um, now the internet's been around for a a lot longer than a lot of us realize. So I want to say from the beginning of when everybody started logging on, you know, and I mean, everybody. So yes, it's, it's much different than back then. It's not like come in, come in, like show yourselves. It's like, Hey, 
let us editorialize what's happening. I I, I prefer to, de to define it as, and I don't mean to be offensive here, the pre-porn internet and the post-porn internet. Yeah, because because when, when you talk about when you talk about a porn-capable internet, you're talking about high-speed international networks. You're talking about secure networks. You're talking about streaming video. You're talking about payment systems, as opposed to me using like. Uh, the alt dot books usenet news group which is not quite what people think of the is the internet precisely so um andy i love the way you pointed this out in the doc andy is referred to this as the quote areas of suctitude unquote i'm quoting <laughs> andy uh article 11 it's dubbed the link tax so this gives copyright holders a new ancillary right on snippets, unquote, of content. So potentially allows copyright holders to claim a licensing fee if Google includes a relevant few sentences in a search result. Okay. Uh, and then there's Article 13 of this directive, which says that big online services like YouTube are liable for copyright violations committed by their users. Ah! God, sorry. Oh, boy. If, if only um, they could find any. <laughs> He said, having spent the last couple of evenings binge watching <laughs> Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> wow, Andy. Um, you know, you can just access that stuff on the PBS app. <laughs> uh, not, not Antiques Roadshow UK. And also oh. not the, the sister show Antiques Road Trip. Ah, uh, okay. So uh, this Potentially, uh, ah, sorry, I lost my place in the document. Uh, so this will require hosts such as YouTube pro to proactively prevent its users from publishing copyrighted content. That's going to be interesting because I there's plenty of YouTube's, YouTube videos just about that, about using copyrighted content on YouTube, if that's not meta enough. And so as is so frequently the case, the directive, which member nations must now reinterpret into specific localized le legislation, so those who maybe do not know member nations are referring to the countries that are part of the EU. Uh, the directive is vague. It's hard to implement and it is wide open for abuse, which as we know, these are when things can go south. So the biggest fundamental problem of this directive seems to be how vague everything is. So what constitutes a good faith effort to prevent copyright abuses? Uh, what constitutes it? Press publishers have more responsibilities than bloggers, but what's a press publisher? So how do we establish that? Again, very related to this conference that I'm at because there is a lot of quote unquote bloggers here. And when I introduce myself, I'm a journalist. Yeah. Very, so... Yes. And there, see, and there is a distinction like it's that. It's a classification. That the, yeah, because like, are you are you Floion the brand that now must be sued because you decided to like? <laughs> there's a backdrop uh, in your there's a there's a picture in your office of their of the hang in there baby cat, but that's a copyrighted uh -huh. image that you didn't. Now you need to monetize it. Or, or the Nirvana baby, right? Or the Nirvana baby. There you go. <laughs> I, I I just think that a kitty hanging onto a tree branch is yes, less is, perilous than, than a drowning baby who's like chasing after a dollar bill. Uh, yeah, but, it is. But, but although although it did send a poignant message as as part of its target demographic, I was I am part of the Star Wars slash Nirvana bridge uh, generation, so I can speak. I'm nodding. I'm nodding empathetically. Yeah. <laughs> or yes, but that's but, that, but that's the sort of thing we're talking about. There's it's. I mean, it's not. You're going to see that we've been arguing about this for weeks since this became a thing that they were uh, they're going to be debating and voting on, and they kept uh, evolving the language. Uh, and you're going to read a lot of like 
I'll say hysterical stuff about how oh that means that I can't I can't use my captain uh, my captain Picard memes anymore and no one will be able to publish anything and it's not quite as it's not it's not like that but it does mean that there's a real huge potential for the the basic tenet of the internet which is assume that this content is okay and if it isn't so don't, don't get in the way of someone publishing something on the internet and but make sure that people have there's a mechanism for stuff to be taken down uh if it is owned by somebody else uh and the idea of like changing all of this it has to if you're going to change that fundamentally you have to be really sure about what you're doing like there are these exceptions like it does say that okay no you can have your captain picard memes and no it's not like we're we're not getting rid of fair use and no we're mostly targeting like huge publishers that seem to be abusing the loose definition of fair use to create new content without paying the people they're excerpting excerpting content from but still it really does look like a big old stink burger of suckitude to me uh-huh so if you are to so basically to accommodate this particular directive and avoid any trouble a service like youtube is going or i guess a service like me <laughs> flow <laughs> flow either needs I, I need to either have like an enormous internal resource like i just need to have lawyers or whatever or just people behind me or helping me do this which i'm sure youtube has plenty of or i need to have the ability to license slash subscribe to some kind of third-party software that kind of helps you identify potential copyright violations to this point i, I want to make a point to this which is that i found in my own in my own website life like just I just have a little blog that like no you know a couple of you read which I really appreciate and but even then I'm paying for licensing like I'm licensing things like font awesome I'm licensing things like the layout I'm using and like the other fonts that I'm using because I'm trying to make sure that nobody comes after me yeah. and like you have to think about these things so yeah let's um, see and that's that's the other thing it's like the, it's no, the directive doesn't insist that YouTube have some sort of a content filter that examines everything before it's posted to make sure that it's uh, that that it's clean for for copyright. And of course, YouTube already has that. Uh, but it means that if you want to, if you don't want to get bit in the butt by this, as mm -hmm. either someone who's creating a brand new microblogging or messaging platform, or really anything like that, you're really going to have to do that because you don't want to find out later on that. Okay, someone who someone who posted Martin Luther King's "I Have a Dream" speech on MLK Day didn't realize that it is not a public domain speech, and the family of the late Dr. King uh, protects its copyright very, very vigorously because Ooh, that's they. It's good to know. I actually was not aware of that. They, well, oh, it's, it's they they use they use the money to fund. Uh, the, the fund their well, mission. Well, so then so. that means all that I have a dream stuff that you buy at Target, which yeah, because hello capitalism, like capitalism. Uh, <laughs> is that I mean, is that stuff licensed? I don't know, but no, I don't. I, this is a rhetorical yeah. question. You don't need to answer it. I'm just wondering out loud because, again, this is stuff we forget to think about. Yeah. See this. See also this. These are things where you you would you you don't really feel sorry for people ripping other people off. But when you realize that, like, you have these like big uh, dealers, like, you know, like like Walmart, like Target, like Hot Topic, or whatever, that think nothing of, hey, that's a really cool like jewelry design on Etsy. Mm -hmm. We're gonna rip it off and send it to China and have it mass produced, and not even though it's 
almost line by line a tracing of the exact same artwork. You would like to you would like to think it's just desserts that they said, oh, Martin Luther. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, hell, we'll we'll just ignore. Oh, wait, no, they're they. <laughs> it's it's the MLK Foundation, and a we're gonna look like super. J- I'm going to say jerks when you know what word I'm going to say. <laughs> there is no way that right. there's no yeah, way that we, we get out of we, sto- we stole <laughs> we stole the literary and historical legacy of Martin Dr. Martin Luther King and didn't even consider paying the family for use of that stuff. Ah, that's going to be a big check. That's going to be a big big check. Okay, so we need to now delve into why this is going to probably be a problem for YouTube, because as we have been talking about on this podcast, in particular last week, if you missed that episode, uh, which is all about YouTube's big problem, they have an automated vetting service that at scale is not working exactly as we were hoping it would. So you can already witness what happens when you have this like automated takedown mechanism that's supposed to to do the thing for video and audio uh it's hard to imagine that it would work for this particular thing in a in in a way that works <laughs> the same way that we have not been able to take bad content off of youtube in a snap yeah like it, it <laughs> right i mean yeah because because it's just it's some it, the all the bad stories are hysterically funny but also super super bad you have you have uh, the stories about how uh uh somebody uh where we're like uh this is a podcast about or uh, I recorded a video uh, about here's my grandpa who survived the Battle of the Bulge in World War II, telling the story, the harrowing story about how as a terrified but brave 18-year-old boy who barely had any knowledge of the world was tasked with the massive charge of helping to save the world. But unfortunately, no your grandmother, great-grandmother in the other room was like uh, watching Baywatch and the Baywatch theme kind of leaked into the audio. And so that was tagged as a copyright claim because you had the Baywatch theme in the video and the video was pulled down. That's that's not that I don't think that that's a good use of of those algorithms. What's going to happen to Instagram stories? Because I can tell you there's plenty of people in there not using the music app, uh, the little music feature like people that's gonna make content creation very difficult for a lot of people yeah which can make it which is going to make it very frustrating especially in the era of the internet that we live in now where it's like it basically anything goes yeah because we've seen how well things work when you just simply trust that it'll all work out okay that there the world will not will not end in flames because in addition to all of the creators creating amazing content amazing original content being without having to explain to any make a pitch to anybody about why an eight part series about how to fix a 1982 whirlpool dishwasher uh needs to be made uh, just Go and make that thing because you think if you think that's a good thing mm-hmm. to, to to make this. Just don't use ACDC as your background track. I mean, <laughs> maybe not. Or or, or play maybe the not. first twelve minutes of Terminator Two: Judgment Day as a lead in. Again, that's a natch. That yeah. is that is a good reason for a because copyright that's, strike. But that's <laughs> fun, dynamic content. What are we supposed to do? The stock music only goes so far. Okay, but really, <laughs> uh, the other thing that we also have to take in consideration with this particular directive is that. This can also create a, well, this will just embolden quote unquote copyright trolls. So kind of like um, 
there's this terrible known practice in the world where you have uh, quote unquote disability advocate lawyers going in and taking down restaurants because they're not uh, they're not accessible even, but it's like, that's not really <laughs> what's going on. So the fear is that like copyright trolls could come out of the woodworks, basically going on YouTube and claiming everything is a copyright violation. But what they're actually doing is more nefarious, which is they want to demonetize. They want to shut down, com- you know, competition, that sort of thing, but they're under the guise of copyright trolls. And so it's like, how do you regulate against that when this starts happening? There's all these little nuances to this particular thing that is going to, it's just a domino effect, right? It's just gonna, there's just, once you start regulating in a sense, you have to like think about every possible scenario and how to make that workable. So the directive does make exceptions for like conventional fair use. So like if you want to turn a screen grab of something like Andy put Captain Picard on our dock, I'm going to say Sailor Moon because there's a lot of Sailor Moon memes. You know, there's a lot of like there's Simpsons memes or Sailor Moon memes. You're right. You want to make a meme. Uh, how are you supposed to, you know, you don't want to get taken down for that because come on, that's the fun of the internet. Yeah. Um, so how does Google play into all of this? I mean, besides YouTube. So Google thinks that these reforms are a huge threat to the business. They identify them as such in their annual report to shareholders even. So it's been communicated internally. So, you know, they do, they have a, big stick to shake. They could either simply stop including snippets and search results and assistant, you know, kind of remove that helpful functionality that we've all kind of come to rely on, or they could terminate access to Google news and other services in countries with legislation that they deem to be too hostile to deal with. So exactly like what's happening with exactly what's happening in the EU. Now you're in the EU, you're going to have to click a lot of buttons before you can before you can accept cookies to a website, right? Yep. Uh, the idea is that this will stop, or the fear rather is that this will stop driving traffic to those sites, which could convince those sites to just grant Google a free license to using snippets of their content. Yeah, just the the idea being that uh, if if Google decides to comply with this in the if if they turn this into a monkey's paw situation where okay you get your wish we will come you thought that you, you get your wish we will comply with this brand new directive about using snippets whereas you didn't explicitly say google pays every single news organization to include snippets in their listings it means that they find a way that they don't violate this they can do what they want without having to pay or having to violate things um Kent Walker, who's uh, Google's senior vice president of public affairs, have, has posted a couple of things to the Google blog last month and this month about that. Uh, and he's responding to just exactly that sort of thing without without sounding threatening. He's just it's the, it's the perfect way of sounding completely innocent, even though he's, it's like the, the sword has clearly been slipped from the scabbard and is being raised in a in a in a in a, in a, in a jaunty way. Um, he says that uh you know how Google often rolls out test versions of maps, but they, they don't not like they in, they invite people to do a beta. They just suddenly you're one of 100,000 people that you don't know it, but a certain button in Gmail has been moved from one place to another because they think that's a better place for it, but they want to see how people interact with it. So they te- they actually built a, a version of Google search that is Article 11 safe, so to speak, that doesn't use long snippets of text at all. 
uh, and the and and deployed it to actual users in the European Union. Uh, and he says in the blog post what happened, and I'm, I'm quoting here: Every year we run thousands of experiments in search. We recently ran one in the EU to understand the impact of the proposed Article 11 if we could show only URLs, very short fragments of headlines, and no preview images. All versions of the experiment resulted in a in substantial traffic loss to news publishers. Even a moderate version of the experiment, where we showed the publication title, URL, and video thumbnails, led to a 45% reduction in traffic to news publishers. Our experiment demonstrated that many users turned instead to non-news sites, social media platforms, and online video sites, another unintended consequence of legislation that aims to support high-quality journalism. Searches on Google even increased as users sought alternative ways to find information. So the, so what he's saying is that not only will it, if they if they decide that they can't pay, they, they can't even deal with the bureaucracy of trying to figure out what they would have to pay for and who they would have to pay for to, that it would just absolutely have the end effect of giving it to these content makers straight in the neck while also increasing their business, thus creating the defense that, hey, we're fighting, we're fighting for uh, we're fighting to keep a, a way that does not necessarily enhance people's, excuse me, doesn't necessarily increase traffic to Google search. So we're just saying that this will suck for everybody if if this goes through or goes through if the law if every EU uh, legislation that is created based on this directive is not written uh, if it's if it's written like a wish on a monkey's paw as opposed to specifically okay genie i want a million dollars i want this to be given to me <laughs> paid as an invoice job that i do for someone that i would normally do all the time anyway that is completely legal that is uh, includes a payment to the IRS. I don't want the world to know that I'm a million dollars. I don't want to be paid in pennies. I don't want to, you, you. You have to make sure that the le the law that you're writing is going to give you exactly the result you want, as opposed to every time you quote more than two to twenty eight words, you got to pay a licensing fee to whoever wrote it. Like that's not going to work. You think that you. Th it's like it's like I mean to give another real world example. Um, I'm all for uh, new Congress people who are trying to say we need uh, people in the one percent or the income brackets to pay a substantially larger percentage of their income in taxes as opposed to give them huge tax cuts. But this and and other people's like a other billionaires who who support this action are saying you're doing it wrong you don't you don't realize that there's a reason why steve jobs took one dollar in annual salary he would be he would be taxed like at the lowest rate of income he's actually making most of his money off of stock options and via capital gains where the actual like tax rate is like a third of what it would be paid as actual income so you have to make sure that whatever change you want to make is directed to get the result that you want well put, Andy. <laughs> I feel I feel like that's a good uh, good place to end it there because I have I mean I honestly have nothing more to add. I, yeah. This is just a wait and see at this point. Let's watch this news. Let's see how it. Let's see how it evolves. Let's see what comes of it. You know, and you know, much like Brexit, this could take <laughs> a really long time to figure out. Yep. So you know, <laughs> pull up a pull up a chair, crack open a cold one, and just watch the the whole world burn around us.
Uh, thank you for joining us here at the Material mm-hmm. Podcast. And on that note, shall we watch the world uh, listen to one of our ads? Uh, yes, our before, ad be, the before the world burns down. Since, since you can't take, that, take it with you, why not use some of that money to support our advertisers and with it, this show. This episode of Material is brought to you by ExpressVPN. We can probably all hold our hands up and admit cybercrime is something we think happens to other people. Because who would want your data, right? Bad news is stealing data from people like you and me using public Wi-Fi is one of the simplest ways for hackers to make money. If you leave your internet connection unencrypted, your passwords and credit card numbers are vulnerable. But there is something you can do to protect yourself from cybercriminals. Start using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN works by securing and anonymizing your internet browsing. It encrypts your data and hides your public IP address with easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your device. You can turn on ExpressVPN protection with just one click. Then you're free to safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having your personal data stolen. TechRadar rated ExpressVPN the number one VPN service, and it even comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's the point in which I'm supposed to uh, share a personal experience. Uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to be as uh, as verbiagely as uh, I was <laughs> the last time I did this. I read read this ad when I basically spent 15 minutes explaining about the division between the editorial voice and the advertising voice. Uh, but yeah, I, I've, I continue to use ExpressVPN, uh, as I said last time. Uh, I'm not getting a. I don't use a free account. I'm not even using the same discount that we're about to offer you. Uh, I pay full dollar every single month for ExpressVPN service for a simple reason that I really. If you never know when VPN is going to save your butt, and if you are one of those people who likes accessing the internet when they're not connected to their home or their office networks. Yeah, uh, you you want safety, you want security, you want peace of mind. Uh, and I've been really enjoying uh, the ExpressVPN experience. The apps work really, really great. Um, uh, just this afternoon, I was at two different locations uh, with my uh, with my Chromebook, as a matter of fact. And even though it's a Chrome OS device, I've just run the Android app, uh, and it runs perfectly fine. Just click a button, and it just works. Uh, and also, this actually, this is the first time I used... ExpressVPN at this specific uh, restaurant uh, for lunch where uh, my previous VPN provider, which I'd been using for about 10 years, uh, for some reason, this one uh, public Wi-Fi, it just would not let this VP- that previous VPN connect. Uh, this is the first time I tried it with ExpressVPN. Boom, went right in just fine. So, yeah, so the, the thing is, uh, the, the, the problem is that if you're... Uh, People, I'll, I won't speak for you. I'll speak for people like me who think they know everything, or at least they know enough that oh, I know what I'm, I, can, I can break or bend some of the rules because I'm 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 savvy. Yeah, we're we're like the second group of people who get scammed because we think <laughs> because the people who pull the scams know exactly what we're doing and what we're expecting, and they make an un- end run around it. So I'm uh, I'm very very glad that I have a VPN service again. I did let it lapse the, for about three or four months. Uh, because I just didn't get around to uh, plugging it back in, uh, but I'm glad I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm back on VPN. I'm glad that it's ExpressVPN works very very well for me, uh, and so I can I can use that in my uh, giving you a personal opinion voice. Uh, now I'm going to go back to my announcer voice. 
For less than $7 a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have. If you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep the bad guys away from your data, you need ExpressVPN. So go to expressvpn.com slash material to learn more. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash material. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash material for three months free with a one-year package. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of material and all of Relay FM. And we're back. Uh, <laughs> and I think we're, we're, we're going into some lighter news, yes. which is nice uh, stuff. not the one after this, but... Okay, let's start with a nice thing. Well, great. So now people are not going to be like enjoying the warm hug of this next news story because they're going to be dreading what happens after that. No, it's not that bad. It's not as bad as like other stuff we've covered. (laughs) Okay, so Google's released uh, an app called Lookout and they showed it off at IO last year. Quite frankly, I kind of forgot about it until somebody mentioned it on one of the blogs that I read last week. And basically the idea is that you would wear your phone like a pendant, kind of like how you were supposed to clip the Google Clips onto your jacket, but I don't use it that way. Mm. But Uh, we we should mention this is specifically designed as an accessibility tool for people who have low vision or have uh, vision impairments. So that, oh, so essentially thank you, the, Andy. the camera, actually, yeah. <laughs> so, the, so basically the, you, you would, they, you would wear it like as a, just for your phone oh, and like, okay. a, in like a, a sling around your neck or, okay. or, or if you saw the movie, her <laughs> just keep it in your pocket and like maybe with the safety pin. So the camera lens is out of your shirt pocket so we can, so it looks, it basically keeps a, a live video of what your of what is in the view of the lens and describing what it sees to you through probably you probably don't have it barking in the free air you probably would have your bluetooth uh, headset in uh, but really is cool have you have you installed it yes i have uh, and i apologize i wasn't aware that it was a uh, accessibility feature which is why i made fun of it because i'm just thinking of the google clips but <laughs> so it, Regardless, it does work as advertised. I use it on my cat. <laughs> Definitely. I didn't, I didn't realize that your cat had low vision. Uh, well, no, I mean, I use the Lookout app to like, to like no, describe my cat or whatever, like right. to tell me that it was a cat. So what the app does is it reads the text uh, that you hold up to the camera. It also reads barcodes and identifies objects. My cat is not an object. She's a cat, but it identified her. And it really, and you're, so Andy had put a note in our doc that it really does a number on a battery. It it really does. It makes your phone super hot and it's just, it, but it's fun. It's fun because, okay, so I'm going to look outside. Let's see if it can tell me what, oh yeah, it makes little noises too. Plant at 12 o'clock. Okay. So there's a plant at 12 o'clock. If I look plant over here. At 10 o'clock. Window blind at 12 o'clock. Window blind. Yes. Tableware at 12 o'clock. Tableware. All right. That works. What's this? Tell me. And I know the mic is picking this up, so. It takes us. Television at 12 o'clock. Computer monitor with text M in. Cat LB leaves an OFB at 12 o'clock. Okay. Cat LB leaves an OFB. Intel 417. Q 
QR code PO7BOISO Oh, 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 oh. It just read something out loud. I don't think it was supposed to. Whoops. Do you want to do you want to do that over again in case there was something private? I think it was reading the specs of this laptop, to be honest with you, because it's mentioned something Intel, which this laptop has a Core i7. So Yeah. It's it, it's it is amazing. It has so it has like multiple like modes to it as the as the first version. One of which is literally just my please, battery. give me give me a give me a running commentary of like what's around me. And it really is incredible because it will it say. It really is a running commentary. Bicy- it bicycle runs, at three o'clock. Doorway <laughs> at at ten o'clock. Door- and it, it's super sleuth at three o'clock. Yes. Evil man that runs the mafia <laughs> at two o'clock. The woman that they framed for the murder at three o'clock. Stop giving me away. I Sorry, don't. I, I don't know his name, but he looks kind of shifty <laughs> to me. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Don't say it out loud. <laughs> Um, here, here, telephone. I will Google pay you $20 if you forget you ever saw me. <laughs> Done. It's all because uh, the app gave you away. Yes. But, uh, uh, but, uh, it, but it, it also have other modes. Like there's a, a special shopping mode where it will, uh, instead of giving you that online commentary, it will like, if you pick, so if I pick up the, uh, the beverage that's, I'm consider quote considering buying and not the stuff I've been quaffing. Uh, like, by the all way, day. I think we have to X out the name of the beverage because of copyright infringement. Um No, it's it's paid promotion. Oh, but we do have to mention that I got eight thousand dollars to mention. So if you just so if you just you're supposed That's to a like joke, by the way, yes. Andy did not get paid to mention anything about Canada Dry. Yeah, there's... Canada Dry sparkling seltzer water, lemon lime, twelve fluid ounces, can at twelve o'clock. Yep. And when you're trying to pay I love for things, it says the water, lemon lime, 12 fluid ounces can at one o'clock. It's, it's still scanning for it. So it's still the no, AI is processing. Yeah. The thing is, it, it is ongoing. It's not like you point and shoot. You can use you can use the other accessibility features to like navigate the on-screen interface. So you can pause the commentary as you go. But for instance, now I'll also do currency. And I've actually got more money than that. I'm a freelancer and I'm collecting. One U.S. dollar at 12 o'clock. One U.S. dollar at 12 o'clock. Just one. Yep. So it'll it'll describe what you... Oh, Andy has $20. One U.S. dollar. Thank you. I'll tell you to stop. But yeah, and you can and you can uh, you can basically say, what is this thing that's in that's in my hand? It has a... uh, The third one is uh, called Explore... Which is essentially what's in the room around. Oh, excuse me, we already mentioned that. But the third one is quick read, which is just looks for text and will just simply. And so you can choose a detail level, by the way. You can go between low, medium, and high detail level. So if you but rather hold back Europe's creative and digital economy, cutting the length of snippets will make it harder for consumers to discover news content and reduce overall. Yes, that was that was our show doc. So that wow. I, yep. Oh, so I was reading the show doc out loud. Just by not even like holding and scanning. It was just mm. holding it up in front of the screen at like somewhere because it was in the field of view. It takes a few seconds to realize, oh, there's text and here's what here's where the sentences begin and end. But uh, so it'll read signs. It'll read books. It'll it's really quite. And this is just the first version. 
I'm kind of interested to see what happens a year from now as it gets more now that it's actually in release and you can get it without being part of a test program that it gets more smarts and it also is getting more feedback from actual users about things that it could be doing better things that mm-hmm. uh, uses for it that the, the original developers uh, who are also engineers who have uh, vision impairments uh, here's here, here's what what made it more useful to me or less useful to me. Uh, this is again Google does for every for every time that you're wondering why are they so adamant about building death robots for the United States, but they're really <laughs> eager to get to do business with China, but then say, hey, look, we've got we've got this new podcast app that will also actually do like tech, speech to text, so that if you do like a web search for podcasts that use the, that that talk about the best banana bread recipe that was also uh, developed by, I don't know, by NASA for use in the shuttle program. It'll find you a podcast that talks about banana bread that was used in the shuttle program. Like, okay, that's very nice. I'm not, I'm not giving you a free pass on making death bots for China, but I'm saying that that's cool technology that actually has an applicable use in my day-to-day relevancy to me in my day-to-day life. And to like my cousin who has terrible, terrible vision, and if all it, all he ever gets to do with this is make sure that he's got the basically being able to independently count the money in his wallet and give. You know, oh yeah, you know. that's a really that's a really good point, Andy. This can help. This will help the visually impaired effectively, like yeah, call out even the most common objects. Maybe it's the difference between telling whether something is an important piece of paper versus trash. Um, I know that there's like, there's apps out there that exist like this where you can like video call people and get their help with like reading your mail and stuff. So I let, see, but it's, but it's, it's even, it's even simple stuff. I don't, it's, it's not in this app, but I I watched the, uh, the developer videos uh, that the accessibility group was posting uh, from from IO, and they were mm-hmm. showing off like apps that were doing something. This uh, one of the engineers again, who has a substantial uh, vision impairment, <laughs> this something as simple as taking a selfie, which is you know I I have a vision impairment, but I also have friends, and I also like to share pictures with friends. And you don't. I wouldn't have immediately thought that someone who can uh, can just barely see would want to take selfies. But of course, if I'm in front of the Eiffel Tower, I want to post on Instagram or share with my pictures with my friends. And it will sure. say, you know, f- 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 face at eleven o'clock, face at twelve twelve o'clock, two faces at twelve o'clock. And then just simply say, take the picture, and then the pic- then the camera will like wait for people to be smiling, and then click it, and then say, post this to Instagram. It's like we we we. Uh, it's easy for us for, for people who don't have these impairments to think about. Oh well, obviously they they'll want to like be able to identify products and identify uh, things that are in front of them. Yeah. It would never occur to me how important it is to just be able to take pictures, uh, and so this is. Uh, th- so uh, of course I can only <laughs> I can only think about these things selfishly, but God, every time uh, the more time I spend learning about accessibility, the more I figure out how little I understand uh, how big this problem is and where the needs actually are. So this is yeah. I, I was really it's, it's it's fun to play with, but like <laughs> like we said, uh, the first time I fired it up, boy, my 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 phone got boiling hot. 
And all through this demo, I had I I of course had this like plugged into AC, <laughs> not not air conditioning, but uh, power because I don't. Well, so it's burning out. It's throttling now. Yeah, because it's not it's it's, it's not fully it's, it's charged. Not just, yeah. yeah, it's the uh, the camera is always active, and the uh, because all this stuff is being done on device. It's a not insubstantial amount of CPU power. I don't. I don't think that mm-hmm. CPU is sleeping at all. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, here's how about something that we shouldn't sleep on. Just to just to kind of segue into our next. This is the bit that we told you was not as. Oh, as this would be such a good the, t- good place at. for a mattress commercial, but it's 2019, not 2016, so we don't have a mattress yes, ad. It's true. <laughs> um, so very this is an interesting piece because I'm at this I'm at this conference it's all about like how to use the internet to leverage things et cetera et cetera and one of the things here um I think also because it is a women's conference is Pinterest is using Pinterest and how to like grow your online business and all that and all that such um not applicable to me personally but applicable to very many people however this is kind of a bummer so I learned yesterday this is completely news this is completely new to me, which was that um, Pinterest is, is a search engine the same way that Google is, and it indexes things uh, quite the same. And so when you're like doing SEO on there, which is search engine optimization, for those who do not know some of the inside baseball buzzwords of this media world that we're in, um, they use the same techniques. You can use the same techniques and tricks. However, this is kind of a bummer because Google is de-indexing Pinterest's keyword landing pages, which is like, ouch. So Pinterest made the disclosure in their IPO prospectus on Friday. So they're filing to go to go public, right? To go public. <laughs> I have to remember the vernacular. Yeah. And, the, and this, um, is the, the thing is, as journalists, like we, we're the only time we absolutely believe something that a company tells us is when it's part of like an earnings call or the annual yeah. report. Uh, or something like this because like there are, quote unquote on the record exactly it's like they, there's they can't use any weasel words because if it's in their ipo prospectus they could get sued to oblivion so there's so if if they can't they can't right. they don't have the choice of nuts there's a whole section saying well what's what are the liabilities of the business how could this business how could our business completely go under what are the threats to our business they really have to go into detail saying here are all the ways that you can kill pinterest and as part of it, they mentioned they mentioned that well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story because we're we're uh, one of our one of our problems is that we are very 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 dependent on uh, uh, direct, on people coming to us uh, through search through, through search listings and uh, for reasons that only Google would under Google and perhaps EU investigators would understand they decided to <laughs> they decided to uh to 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 uh de-end, uh, the the what they actually say de-indexing keyword landing pages so basically if you do a search for you know, you know hot bitch in cars with hemi engines and there's a pinterest page about all about where they collect all the pinterest images now about- we're gonna have an explicit mark on our podcast this week <laughs> thanks andy <laughs> excuse me the, the hot bitch in cars is is an engineering term <laughs> It means it means you're gonna have like the quad barrels, barrels. You're gonna have the glass packs instead of the muffler. Police pursuit package. Uh, so so they're basically so they're basically they said that well they they did this uh, like in I think it was in January of 2018 and uh, uh, and it actually like really did affect our traffic for like uh, a couple of quarters after that uh, and. Uh, 
for not again not to, traffic and growth they say uh quoting the prospectus our ability to appeal these actions is limited and we may not be able to revise our search engine optimization strategies to recover the loss in traffic or user growth resulting from such actions in addition some of the, uh, um, there's a break there but the there's another thing that was kind of Interesting from this section. In addition, some of these search engines are owned by companies that compete with various aspects of our business. To offset the impact on our user growth, we would need to increase our investment in other growth strategies, such as paid marketing or other initiatives that drive user acquisition, which may cost more and be less effective. Any significant reduction in the number of pinners... I've never seen them referred to as pinners, but apparently this is again they can't it, lie. It makes sense. They can't lie. Pinning, if, they, like, if people weren't actually calling yeah. them pinners, they would be liable for Stockholm. Uh, but uh, the number of pinners directed to our website or mobile application from search engines could harm our business revenue and financial results. So this is this might be worth noting as again the EU is really really eager to nail mm. <laughs> Google against the wall. Uh, for antitrust and a lot of people who are campaigning for president in 2020 have realized that they can really get a lot of cheers in the back of the crowd if you say that google is too damn powerful and facebook is too damn powerful and someone should knock those companies down a peg or three i mean yes but not for the reasons that they're saying <laughs> well you know the, the the way that you know they fight they get you always get the new tesla and they always might want to make sure that they know you know that they have not oh it's not a Tesla Model S oh they got the Model X or the Model Three now because you know the Model X they kind of liked it but they returned it because they didn't like the color it's like they just stick it in your face I'm, I'm glad you're doing well I'm really glad you're doing well I just you don't need to inform me of every time you acquire the latest actually now it occurs to me that I'm thinking of my one of my cousins I'm not thinking about Google. But I'm sure there's some intersection between that. If if you if you knew my cousin my cousin Dave, he really is kind of a jerk about that. It's like, you know, he'll t he'll text you a picture of uh, of his kid, and you think he was just being a good cousin because you want to know about the kid is, and it was really mm -hmm. to show off because he got the new Leica like R1. Oh God! <laughs> I say, yes. Can you believe this is all in just available light? I'm so glad I spent eighteen thousand dollars on this new pocket camera. Even if it does mean that I have to give my previous eleven thousand dollar Leica to to my 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 oldest daughter you know, to play with, I'm like, yeah, we get it, we get it. I might have gotten off track. I think I'm no, sorry. it's all right. Uh, it just it just wanted... really bugs me. Okay, I I have chosen a life where I'm very very proud of what I do. I feel as though I'm leaving a legacy and making a positive impact. Now, it, is it? Am I showered in uh, in material rewards? Probably not. But I don't care about that. I'm not trying to impress people with anything by the fact that I have a. Pre I think I have a good character. I my heart is in the right place, and I try to leave. Uh, leave my planet in a better shape than I found it in. Okay, I could this win that seven hundred fifty dollars million dollar Powerball. <laughs> That's fine. Would it change my lifestyle? Probably not. Okay, Dave. Maybe maybe <laughs> that's know. why you're on your third marriage, Dave. Okay, if, if you're if, if you're this insufferable just to me via text messaging, I can't imagine what you were like to to Barbara and Lisa. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. Again, I've I've taken us off track. This is not about Google. I'm just... That's okay, Andy. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's fine. It's okay. I mean, I'm sure your cousin used Google to find that Leica to 
show it off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Google, it's also worth mentioning that Pinterest still uses Facebook and Google logins for people to get on, which is just hilarious. I, you know, I for one am here for the evolution of the new internet, whatever that's going to look like. But I also think that we are going to have to teach some very new things going forward because I think the old way of doing things is going to con- is going to be the old way, and there's a new way coming. And I think we need to start thinking about how that's going to happen. And you know what? I hope Pinterest continues because apparently people really like it. Yeah, no, it's it's good, but it, it does point out that as much as much as we talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, again all the anti all the antitrust baloney there's 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 real protein there but a lot of it is just hey so we're trying to get we're trying to get voters here i see what you did there use baloney as there's real protein there but you definitely need like mayonnaise or at least like butter on the bread to just kind of like <laughs> yes. make it palatable and we're talking yeah. about the U.S. government, so we're talking about white bread and mayonnaise. Uh, so, but Elizabeth, so I mean, Elizabeth Warren's big like campaign sort of yeah. like medium post Which, again, about you that. You can listen to us last week. Yeah. We talked all about that. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Hope you buy. Hope you buy our sponsors' merchandise. We love you. We love your legislative agenda. We just don't. Yes. I just I can't speak for all, all of us on the show. I'm just saying yes, that I yes, don't yes. think. But that but that doesn't mean that Google and Facebook. Create an awfully, awfully big set of footprints wherever they go, and that they could, if they decided that Pinterest were a threat, buying them outright would be one way to go. Another way to go would be simply to say, let's make sure that they lose a lot of traffic because at a at a very critical time when they need a lot of traffic, and because we're not doing anything wrong or illegal here, we're just optimizing our search engine. Whoa, 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 wait, what's that? What's that? Oh, is that the antitrust Batman signal? Oh, I think it's flashing, Andy. I think it's flashing. Uh Uh-oh, I think they're coming after Google. (laughs) I was trying to make a bat, like fully go forward with that Batman metaphor. But then I forgot. I, I I couldn't make a connection between one of the Batman villains and Google. Holy American telegraph, telephone and telegraph Batman. No, I know. They're trying to... Penguin and Two Face and Sandman. That's that's Spider Man, but there might have been a Sandman. There's also oh, Scarecrow. Anyway, Catwoman. I'm which sorry, depending I'm not on a the DC era. Person. Oh no, we're, we're, you're you're very geeky. See, you're you're, uh, the, you're but I'm see, not a DC person. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm more of a Marvel kind of like that's where yeah, my me, yeah, understanding me lies. Yes. Uh, regardless, this is gonna you know give us a lot more to talk about this year. So. Yeah, I mean, this, it's. I'm just hoping it's uh, the the the, the, the uh, you don't even get the satisfaction of knowing. Oh well, Pinterest is just like having some trouble, and so the CEO decides to like you know make this medium post about how none of their problems are their problems. Like, no, they were forced legally to talk about what are the real threats against them, and Google and Facebook are really really present threats to them. That if they decided to flick them like the ants. That they are akin to the ants that are crawling uh, through the trackpad. Because and- Andy just saw me kill another one, and this <laughs> one came out of my mic, by the way. So uh, you're gonna you're you're gonna have <laughs> just- to burn a lot of things before you. <laughs> I don't know what they are. They look like beetles, but they're but they're ants. But they're beetles. I don't know. They're desert bugs. I think that's uh, subreddit. Like, what is this Not bug? Not doing it. Not doing it. Not okay. even doing it. Not even putting a ten foot pole near that thing. Okay. Uh, because bugs are gross. 
Probably your. <laughs> Sorry to everybody who loves bugs out there. Uh, thanks everybody for listening this week, Andy. What's going on with you this week? Do you have anything that you want to plug? Uh, yes, I got. Uh, I'm on. I'm going to be on uh, WGBH NPR Boston on Friday again, uh, talking probably a lot about these uh, these new directives from the EU. Uh, and that's going to be at 12, actually at 1230 at the Boston Public Library in, in our radio studios there uh, that has a nice little coffee shop with uh, sandwiches and cookies and coffee. And you can come on in and watch the great difference between this mellifluous baritone voice that seems so composed and, and sage, I hope. Uh, the difference between that voice that I struggle so hard to create this false impression that I really know what I'm doing and that I don't need to have 12 pages of notes with like numbers and details in front of me that I furiously flip through as we change from topic to topic. Uh, and yes, this really is how I choose to wear my hair when I know I'm going to be out in the big room with people. Uh, but yes, by all means, I'm uh, actually I'm going to be also, if you missed that, I'm going to be, going to be doing it again on Wednesday. Uh, usually roughly once a week, usually Fridays, but uh, I got a doubleheader coming up and it's gone beyond Wednesday. Same time, I think, also at the Boston Public Library. And come on, say hello. Hi, Andy. I'm so, I'm so bummed I'm not on the East Coast to come and watch that because that sounds like a lovely way to spend an afternoon. Also, the public, you know, if you if you're if you if you're in Boston for business or whatever, uh, the Boston Public Library is always one of my first recommendations yeah. when people ask me what to see. It is. This was with the one sentence pitch for this is that imagine it is the late 1900s. Your city has become incredibly wealthy because of how economics have turned. And you want to build a public library that proves to the entire world that not only does you got class, not only does you appreciate art and culture, but you is sick loaded man that you can spend so much cabbage and cheddar on the most magnificent palace to the people ever we're gonna we want to actually be offensive about how glorious this public library is imagine imagine that happening in 1890 1893 and it will be it will absolutely match your expectations <laughs> but in 2019 and the city is booming because cheddar and cabbage yeah it's <laughs> Uh, well, that's awesome, Andy. Um, as for me, I am just living my life right now. So <laughs> would that, would that be La Vida Loca? Uh, not exactly. Oh. I'm just in, I'm just doing, I'm doing a lot of stuff that's not like journalist facing. So I don't have anything to link you guys, but you all know you can go to florencelion.com and follow me on Twitter at flow and follow me on Instagram and Come join my Discord. Sometimes there's a link floating around out there. <laughs> Everybody knows. Everybody knows where they can find me, I hope. Um, and if you don't, you can send me a message on Twitter. And I'll, tell them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll have stuff coming out soon when I get back. But for now, uh, I just want to thank everybody for listening this week. I want to say, please, 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 if uh, you love our podcast, please subscribe to us on your podcast listener app of choice, listening app of choice. Uh, if it happens to be iTunes, we would love for you to leave us a review because those things really do still matter in the podcast sphere. Uh, even if you don't use iTunes and you happen to have an Apple account and you want to leave us a review, that would help us a lot because I know this is a Google podcast and probably a lot of you out there maybe aren't using iPhones or iTunes. Uh, but still, anything helps and we thank you so much for tuning in. And also don't forget that we have 
memberships. So you can become a member of our podcast for as little or as much as you like. Uh, you can check that out at relay.fm slash material. That's our site on the Relay FM network. That's where you can go find all of our, you know, find the notes for the show and you can, you know, check out what we've recorded lately. And also, you know, we have a very big episode coming up, which I think we'll start teasing at the beginning of the hour going forward until it comes up. But yes, we have a big episode coming up in a couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. Very big. Apple Apple had Steven Spielberg and Oprah on the stage. Oh, and Oprah. And also Reese Witherspoon, I heard. Yeah. And, you know, they and you know, they could have had Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr. for all I care because the, the the people, the lineup that we're putting together for show two hundred, like Oprah is gonna be like firing her publicist and said, Why why didn't you get me in on that? True. It's true. I don't know. I mean, well, Anyway, tune in for that. Uh, she smells thank like you, fresh everyone. baked cookies, I've been told. Uh, oh, that sounds delicious. Uh, well, everybody, I hope I want you to right now to imagine fresh baked cookies, the smell of brown sugar in the air, uh, freshly melted chocolate. Just kind of let that waft through your mind. That's what we're going to leave you on this week. That's the, that's the mood we're leaving everybody on this week. And so until next week, enjoy your cookies. Oh, <laughs> oh,